are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 17 with me. I want you to keep your Bible open there for a little bit. I want you to get something to help us from God's Word. Acts chapter 17, okay? Now, I want you to, I'm just going to skip around here in a few minutes. I'm going to read. I'm going to talk to you just a little bit first. Get your place there in Acts chapter 17. All right. All right, now listen. I love to read about the Apostle Paul and see how God used him. It's amazing. Now, the Apostle Paul, most of you, if you know anything about the Bible, you've heard about at uh, the church at Philippi. You heard about when Paul and Silas was in jail there for standing for the truth. After they left Philippi, they went to the city of Thessalonica. Uh, I looked up kind of, this doesn't mean too much, but just, just to think of it. Now, Philippi and the city of Thessalonica is about 100 miles apart. They went there to Thessalonica, Paul did, and he went into the synagogue. Now, remember, these people didn't know Christ. They had synagogues, and he went into the synagogue, and the Bible tells you he reasoned with them. He reasoned. Now, good thought right there. You and I cannot cram salvation down a person's throat, but we can reason with them. That's good thought. And he did, and some people got saved, and some people got mad, and all of that, and wouldn't believe him. And then he left there later and went to Berea. Now, all that's in the 17th chapter of Acts. Berea, now Berea is 45 miles of the other side of Thessalonica. Okay, he went there, and those people were easier to win to Christ. They were more eager to hear the word of God. And folks, let me tell you something. We ought to have a desire to know the truth. And the truth is the word of God. And, and they did. And people got saved there. Now listen, some of that crowd up there at Thessalonica that didn't like him, didn't believe him, they come following down here and, and, they, uh, and, and they're in Berea and they tried to upset there's always been frictions. There's always, and that's what happened there in Berea. And then after that, uh, he goes, he leaves, uh, I believe Silas maybe there, and, uh, and he leaves there, and he goes to Athens. Now, Athens, every time I think of Athens, you know, the first time I was ever in Jerusalem, Dr. Harold Seitler from Greenville, South Carolina, and a group of men went and, and the church here paid my way. It was either $700 or $750 for a 10-day tour. We left New York City. We go to Jerusalem. We stay there eight days, and then we go to Athens. I'll never forget that. The only time I've been to Athens. And we was at Athens for two days. Now, here's the city of Athens. And, and, and listen, hey, that was in 1967, I believe it was. And that, that, uh, the streets were so full of people. The sidewalks, I can remember very well, they had to walk out the edge of the streets in that little town. Okay, here's the town, and then right yonder is, is a little mountain, and that's Mars Hill, right up there, right out of town. Mars Hill, now that's where Paul went. And I can remember, I can remember now that 
when we went up on Mars Hill, Harold Seitler from Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, we stood up there and he said, Brother Bobby, I want you to read from Acts 17 and I read it to the people. And there were little old gods, cement gods, the heads was knocked off of, and they was all over that place where people had bowed down and worshiped those, built them a little god and worshiped those uh, gods that owned that hill. And uh, those, some of the ruins were still there. And then I know we stayed there a while, and uh, then we went on, got in our bus, 50 miles from there was Corinth, and on down the line. But I want you to notice here, if you will, uh, I'm gonna read a few verses, but I want you, I'm gonna start reading verse 15 of that uh, 17th chapter. Now, notice here, and they conducted Paul and brought him unto Athens, receiving the commandment unto Silas and Timothy for to come to, with all speed, and they departed. Now, notice in verse 16, and now while Paul was waiting for them, waiting for them to come on at Athens, Notice his spirit, you notice that, his, don't say the Holy Spirit, his spirit was stirred within, in him, why? But notice when he saw the whole city given to idolatry. Well, it touched Paul. And don't say this, Christian, you and I, is something wrong in our life when we look around us and we can see our whole city and nation serving idolatry. It ought to do something for us. Well, to not just sit back and say, well, I can't. Paul was stirred, man. He said something got to be done about this. These people don't know a thing about Jesus Christ. And, and they don't around here, but out children in California and every way you turn, you can see idols and idols and idols. Now, I don't mean a little cement something, but I mean they're worshiping different things. Whatever you and I put before God becomes our idol. You ever think about that? Now, like for instance, uh, and, I, and I, love, I love sports, but our country's gone sports crazy. If there's a ball game, and I can remember when it didn't have ball games on Sunday. I can remember when it didn't open uh, 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 stores on Sunday. I can remember that very well. But now it makes no difference. That's God's holy day. But now wait a minute. I, I, if there is a ball game, I don't keep up with it, but if there is a ball game tonight, there's a lot of professing Christians who will go to a ball game and not go to church. That ball game has become their idol. When you stay out of the spiritual things of life and let it be a thousand more things as far as that goes, that's just like those people up there. They knew nothing about Jesus. All they knew was, I got my little God, how about your little God? And they were sincere. And that thing stirred Paul. He, he was stirred up about that thing uh, uh, when, he, when he did. And now read on there in verse 17. I'm gonna skip a lot here, but look. Verse 17, therefore disputed he in the synagogue of the Jews and with, devout, uh, with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. He just witnessed everywhere. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stonex encountered him. Notice, now these are, the, these are the educated people of that day. And they encountered him. I want you to see this. And they said, what will this babbler say other some? What's he gonna say? You know what that word babbler means? 
Hit means just like a bird picking up seed. That's what they looked at. Here he is picking, he's bringing something new into this town. And notice what it said. It seemed to be a setter forth of, that's in verse 18, a setter forth of strange gods. Why? Because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Now, I want you to stop where just a minute. Listen, when you read this story, every time Paul mentions and the resurrection, because see, all the gods they had was no resurrection. And they thought he, he's, a, he's, he's a stupid fella. He don't know like we know. He's brought something new in here. But he preached to them Jesus and resurrection. Oh, where's our gods? Well, I'm talking to you about a God that, that, that died on the cross and was buried and rose again and he's alive. And he always mentioned that. And then in verse 19, and they took him and brought him unto uh, if I pronounce that man's name, Archippus, and that was the leader or the, could I say in that day, he was over, he was the one that went for advice on everything, okay? And he said, may we know that what this new doctrine is after whereof thou speakest is, for thou bringest certain strange things, in verse 20, to our ears, we would know, therefore, what these things mean. What is this fella talking about running around here? Now listen, folks, we are just about that shape in America today. You walk up to the average person and say, I wonder, are you a Christian? And you'd be surprised how many answers you get. If you asked, can you tell me the way to heaven? You'd be surprised. If I started out here and went 10 miles up the road here and, asked, and, and stopped at every house, and said, I wonder if you could tell me to heaven, uh, way to heaven. Don't you have an idea it'd be? Ain't no telling how many different uh, thoughts. Well, I think if you do your best, you can. And I think whatever religion you want to join, after all, we're going to end up the same place. Just all that stuff. That's the same thing the way the people were right here. Now listen, there's always been one way to heaven. One way to heaven, it's not what Bobby Robinson says every time. If he don't say it, then I'm a liar. It's what the Bible says. Now, let's keep that in mind. See, this book is forever settled. No man can change. Other books are changed, but God's word don't. And if we don't, if we don't get settled on the Bible, you'll go through life uh, always upset and wondering and so on and so forth if you don't. So here, they will know what this means. And all the, verse 21, all the Athians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or hear some new thing. Just all the time, talking about something new thing. That's what they spent their time. All right, now here, Paul begins to preach to them in verse 22. Look what he said. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. He's up there on Mars Hill. He said, you men of Athens, I perceived in all things you're too superstitious. For I passed by and beheld your devotions. I passed by, I looked at your devotions there. And I found, I found an altar with this inscription. It said, to the unknown God. Somebody had them a God out there and they put up there uh, over that sign to the unknown God. Wherefore you notice ignorantly worship him declare unto you. Now he comes down to Getting, getting to tell them the truth. Notice what he said in verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he 
is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands. No, neither is he worshiped with men's hands as though he need anything. For he, seeing he giveth to all life, breath, and all things, and is made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord uh, if haply they might feel after him and find him though he be not very far from every one of us. Now look, look what he said. You see, they couldn't say this about their God, but now he's trying, Paul is getting the truth across to him. Now look at that. For in him we live. I like that. I, a lot of times I'm praying, I started quoting that verse to the Lord. <laughs> he knows it in here. But I said, in him we live, and notice we live and we move and we got our beings all in him. It's in him, you see. Being as certain also your own poets have said, you say we're also his offspring. For as much then as, you, as we are the offspring of God, he said in verse, I'm reading in verse 29, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like gold or silver, stone or graven by art. Man said, he said, if we're the offspring of God, you don't think God's head's one of them little old cement things out there, do you? You don't think God's head's nothing like that, you see. And notice, now he's he coming to tell them it's important. Look at verse 30. And he said, at the times of this ignorance, he was ignorant. God used to wink at it, but no more. He commands a double L. All men everywhere to what? Repent. Everywhere, all men. Good men, bad men, all men got to repent. Why? Because he tells us in verse 31, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by what? By that man whom he hath ordained who hath given assurance unto all men that he raised him from the dead. He said, I want you to know there's coming a judgment day and God's gonna judge you and me by the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. And when they heard the resurrection of the dead, some of them mocked. And others said, we'll hear thee again. We'll listen to you again sometime. So Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto them and believed among which was Diogenes and, and uh, Asipico and a woman named uh, Damaris and others with them. Now, I want you to see something with me right quick. Why did Paul, his spirit stirred within him? Folks, I, I, don't find, I don't find people like you were 20, 30, 40 years ago that are burdened about people. I don't find much about it. I really don't. Seem like if we're not careful, we just kind of drift along with the tide. And that's what can get us in to the place of complacency. I'm talking about saved people. Complacency, just satisfied. Oh, how we need burdens for lost people. That's, that's the main thing, burdens for life. Everybody that you see and I see is going to be in hell or heaven, one or the other. Now, I'll tell you, be honest, that moves me. I looked at people out here in California. Honestly, honestly, it, it's awful to see uh, the mess that, and not just there here too, but more of it out there. And I just think, oh, if you just knew, 
if you don't get saved, you're going to burn in hell forever. The Bible says so. And, and somehow me and you can lose that burden. We can get carried up and just things. We know it, but to get stirred up like Paul was. Like Paul was. I want, I want you to notice a few things right here quickly. I think certain. Uh, and I may have turned to you, but I just put this down. Listen, he's seen the ignorance and blindness of the people. He mentioned, I just read it here in verse 23, he talked about it. The ignorance and the blindness of people. They were serving idols. They were confused, you see. Materialism, that's what this looking made with hands. And Paul here was stirred when he saw the blindness and the ignorance of people. You know, we've got some good churches today, but I declare we've got some churches where liberals have crept in and churches back yonder 30 years ago, less that stood for this old book. And, 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 and you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't find so many of them like that. Brother Trevor was telling me, I said, how are you doing? Had great crowds, I don't have many people. He said, Brother Bobby, we have so many people just flopping around, going. And he talked about some of these churches. He said they quit their Sunday night services and they have a little time of studying, but the old-fashioned preaching is not there anymore. I said it runs all the way to North Carolina, not only in California, and he knew that. And that ought to stir us. He, 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 he was, he's seen people so confused. And I want to say secondly, he knew that Jesus could give him peace and satisfaction. He's the only one. He's the only one who can give him peace and satisfaction. He tells them that in this scripture right here. We're, if we're the offspring of God, it's not a semen. We Listen, in him we live and have our beings. My friend, I don't care who you are today, where you got money or where you're a beggar. If you don't have Jesus, you got an emptiness in your heart. Very richest people that ever get saved, they'll tell you, I never did have peace till I accepted Jesus Christ. And that's true. And Paul seen that, you see. He didn't only see the ignorance of the people, but he could see they, had, they were not settled. They were not satisfied. Here, they, 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 we know that in him we have life and and. And on him we breathe, and it's through him, but Paul knew there was no satisfaction. And you see people running to and fro, and they'll get this, and they'll get that, and they'll get the other. I see so many young couples busting up today, and they get out and they get this, and they got this, and they got that, and the first thing you know, they got nothing. What's the matter? They, have what, they don't know the Savior. And, and that ought to move us. That ought, that ought to move us to let them know that, my friend. Then they'll say something else. I believe it moved him. So it's because he knew the Lord had, there's only one way. And I mentioned that, one way. He said in verse 30 there, he said at one time God winked at this, but now he don't anymore. He's commanded all men everywhere to repent. I remember Dr. Joe Henry Hankins spoke for us one time. What a great preacher. And he was from Little Rock, Arkansas. I heard him make this statement. It just come to my mind. He said, my wife knew the Lord. and She was such a wonderful Christian. 
And he said around the block, whatever town they lived in, there was an elderly lady that had money and said she's always helping people, but she didn't know the Lord. She didn't have a, a better use for knowing Christ, going about a church, but she's always helping people. Dr. Hankins said, you know, I was at home the other day and my wife said, honey, listen, that woman is so good to everybody, surely she won't go to hell. And you know what old Dr. Hankins, he said, I sat down and I said, let me talk to you just a little bit to his wife. He said, don't you let things get you away from the truth. That woman, there's one righteousness, one righteousness God will recognize and that's his son's righteousness. And the Bible said all our goodness is filthy rags in his eyes. And he said there's none that doeth good. No, not one. We ought to do our best after we're saved for the cause of Christ, but it's because of his righteousness. Don't you never think you'll go to heaven any other way except through his righteousness, you see. And that thing moved Paul. He knew that. that he, only, he knew there was only one way and that was through repentance, and he talks about it right here. And what is repentance? It's a change of mind. And listen to me, if you're not saved this morning, you'll never get saved till you change your mind about your ways and turn to God's ways. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That's what he said. You read in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 13, and he said in that day, he said the uh, the Tower of Siloam fell upon some people. And he said, some of you folks, you, you're saying, well, I know they, they done wrong and, and that's why that it fell. And he said in Luke chapter 13, he said, I want you to know this. He said, it, it's not that, but he said, you, except you repent, you will perish also. You repent. You say, well, does the Bible, yes, the Bible teaches that. You say, well, did, how about that uh, Philippian jailer? He repented. What do you mean? He had a job. Paul and Silas was there, and that man wasn't concerned about it. He had his job, but you know what he did? He came trembling. He, he said, my way's not right, and he came to God's way and accepted Jesus Christ. That's got to be in every person. I don't care if he's behind the pulpit or whatever it is. I was up here and not saying a word about the church. I don't know anything about it. Cruz Methodist Church. I don't even know who the pastor is now. I may have met him right up the road here. I attended a meeting up there. Lord, I don't know how many years ago. 30 years, Dr. John Church, a, a, a Methodist evangelist, a little short man. And I love to go here and preach. And I slipped up there one night and the building was full. This pastor, tall man, can't remember his name now, but a tall fella. And anyway, uh, he had he had church as pastor. And I slipped in and sat on the back pew. And and uh, that preacher preached, you've got to be born again. You, you're sinners. You need Christ as your Savior. And, and kind of the line I'm talking about today. And then he was going to give an invitation. And the pastor stood up here, tall man, John Church, a little short fellow, he stood down to front. And the pastor stood up and said, let's sing our invitation. And started singing. And about two songs, two, two verses, the pastor stepped down and walked around 
He had his back to us talking to that little fellow, John Church. I thought, oh Lord, is that preacher not liking what he preached? And he, I was thinking everything. In a moment, that big old tall pastor knelt on his knees. Old Dr. Church talked like some whispering voice like, and he said, some of y'all might want to come around and kneel up here and pray. This preacher has never had an experience with God. He wants to be saved. And the preacher got saved that night. And he stood up and gave a testimony. And we had old time religion. And that preacher, I was sitting over in the back pew and that preacher is going to, they just shake his hand and have a time. And that preacher knew me and I, he said, isn't that Bobby Robertson from Gospel Light back here, isn't you? And he said, come up here. And I got up there and he said, I want you to close us in prayer. And the Methodists and Baptists, all we had a hallelujah time right there. But you know what they begin to say about their preacher, not all of them, but a lot of those members? Our preacher got just a little bit nervous and disturbed. That, that man that talked, he just, he just kind of stirred him up. Folks, I, I, I'm afraid it's in our Baptist churches and Methodists and all over the country that don't know anything about repentance. Repentance is coming to the place that I'm godly sorrow and I'm turning from my ways to God's way. And you'll never get saved until you get lost and until you realize you're lost. I don't care. I was raised in a Baptist preacher's home, but let me tell you, before I ever got saved, I was as mean as a devil. I knowed it in my heart, and I had to admit it that I went to hell, and God saved me. Paul's spirit is stirred within him because of that, because of that. These people was going to hell. He said, God has pointed a day in which he judged the world in righteousness by that man whom he ordained, talking about Jesus, because God raised him from the dead, and he's the only way to heaven, and he was stirred. Let's be new Christians ask God to give us a burden and a vision and a desire. It may be your children and just talk to them sweetly and say, honey, let me tell you, when you get saved, God changes you and, and he makes a new creature out. You're not perfect. You'll fail God every way, but you got deep down inside, there's a hunger for God's ways and there's a peace that the world can't give you when you come to know Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Boy, his stir heart was stirred. How we need our hearts, Christian. Number one, stirred within us when we look out yonder and see the gods that people serve and the Lord move us and stir us and motivate us. Now, I've got a pretty good-sized family and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm burdened about several in that family. Oh, they made professions. Let me tell you, I'm not to judge, but you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. And my friend, a profession without a possession is not worth a dime. So I'm just saying we ought to get burdened like that man right there. Now let me close in this and say, if you're not born again, you're not saved, if you're a member of this church, if you're a preacher, whoever, you get born again this morning, you get saved. We don't want you to go to hell. You get saved, then secondly, secondly, Christian, you get your heart stirred about these people. Don't just drift along and drift along and drift along. Let's get burdened and weep and pray and, and get concerned like Paul did over there. His spirit, well, Paul was different from that rest of the crowd and he got a lot of them saved. 
and then you can too. Let's stand and have a word of prayer. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNBBC.com for Christian music you can trust.